Welcome in. It's John Cast Podcast. We are on episode number 65. Thanks for tuning in to this edition of the podcast brought to you by Ian's Pizza with three locations in Madison, three locations in Milwaukee as well. They got Seattle location, Denver location as, as well. So check out Ian's Pizza working on our next promotion with Ian's. Always got to try the mac and cheese pizza. It's delicious. And they always have like revolving new slices coming in all the time. So you're always going to get something delicious at Ian's Pizza. Me and Julio coming back uh, for another sponsorship with the John Cast podcast. So thank you to me and Julio. They got the margarita specials Tuesday and Thursdays, and they've got a wine Wednesday, and they've always got monthly food specials as well. Great family atmosphere, me and Julio. And check out johncastpodcast.com for all the latest on the happenings of this podcast, including the latest promotions. You can sign up for the newsletter. It's pretty awesome. Well, today's guest is a beat writer for the Wisconsin Badger volleyball team and is also now an author. He wrote the book, Point Wisconsin, The Road to a National Title for Kelly Sheffield and the Wisconsin Badgers. Like to welcome good friend, Dennis Punzel to the John Cast podcast. What's up, Dennis? Hey, John. Yeah, this is good. I, I'm impressed with your opening and uh, you have really great sponsors. Yeah, you because you you always go to uh, you live next to me and Julio, don't you? Just down the road from me here, and uh, and Ian's, I find a good excuse to go there any chance I get. <laughs> Absolutely. So thanks for jumping on the podcast. How's your summer? It's getting too short. They fly by, but it's been great. I, volleyball is right around the corner, but I, and I'm ready for it. But I'm. It comes a little too soon. I agree a thousand percent. It always comes a little bit soon. And the um, the worst part about summer, <laughs> not really, is when you're online and you see, uh, sorry, Mike Lucas, Mike Lucas's tweets about the countdown to football. And I, all that is, is a reminder is your time is running out. My summer's running out. Yeah. For me, it goes back to when I worked in Stevens Point and I get a call from the football, high school, high school football coach, Jerry Fitzgerald. He said, Oh, put it. Can you put a note in about the uh, time for uh, players to come and pick up their equipment and stuff? No, not yet. It's like July. <laughs> They're already picking up their equipment, getting yeah. ready for the season. Yeah. Uh, I know it goes by way too fast. I, I, how fast did the time go by when you were writing the book? Uh, towards the end, it went really fast. Early on, I, I think I procrastinated, but I call it. I let it percolate. You know, I wanted to. Uh, let things kind of flow through my head till I sort of was ready to start typing, but mostly I was procrastinating. Yeah. And then towards the end, yeah, I had to crank it out in about two months and people who've written books kind of said, no way. And, you know, I guess I'm a deadline guy, but yeah, we, we hit the deadline at least the same week of the deadline. Two months. How often are you writing for those two months? So you, it, what's your process? What was your process? Did you do like an hour at a time? Do you sit down for like eight hours a day or how did you do that? No, I put it off and then I do it late at night. Okay. Usually uh, a lot of it was just getting a hold of a lot of people. Uh, Kelly uh, said, no, you should count up the hours you spent on this and check out uh, how many interviews you did and who'd you talk to. And I said, oh, it probably would give me a headache. Um, it's another job. <laughs> yeah, but it was fun, but yeah. that was part of it. And I, I'd have to line that up to match people's availability and um, spend a lot of time texting, trying to set up and then trying to remember who I have things set up with. 
and uh, who they are, what school they went to. There were a lot of, it was getting to know people who played for him at Albany, played for him at um, Dayton, and uh, trying to keep them all straight in my mind because I, until I started tracking them down, I didn't know who they were because I was not that familiar with that part of his career, and I learned a lot. So. Yeah. Now, for those who don't know, I know you've said this before, but how did this project come about? Because you were ready to do this two years ago. We had talked about it 2019, and I kind of had a notion of something I might like to do sort of behind the scenes of how a program prepares, um, all the things that go on backstage in volleyball. And I, I sat in some meetings. You've been to those film sessions. What goes on in those? I've, I sat in with some of the team meetings too. And it was interesting. Uh, the most interesting was their disc meeting um, when they do all their personality learning profiles, how they like to communicate. And that was educational. And the, it, there's a section in the book about that. Mm -hmm. um, and then, the, then Catherine Plummer happened and they got blown out by Stanford and it just didn't seem like the right time. And I probably didn't have enough material to do what I might've liked to do. Um, to do that right, you probably have to be a fly on the wall and just stay in the office every day and sit in on everything. And I didn't, wasn't ready to do that either. It's, it's golf season when volleyball starts <laughs> and I was selfish. But it, but, and then once I was, once that fell through, I was ready to not do one. You know, I said, ah, I was, I'm glad I didn't get roped in on that. And uh, it was kind of a relief. And I was not going to right until the night before the championship match. And it came up at dinner. Uh, Jim Polzine, just out of the blue, we're in a group of people. And he said, you ever think of writing a book? And I told him a little bit about 2019. He said, no. And I'm not, not going to do that now. Yeah. Then after they won, and the way they won, it just seemed like, well, if I'm ever going to do it, it's got to be now. And this is like the only time I'd ever write a book. Um, the only time I'd be in a position to do it. And some of it, you know, you get one shot to do something. You, you. I didn't want to be sitting here and this year or next year or the year after and say, ah, I wish I had done that. I said, well, I'll give it a shot. And if it doesn't work, uh, just a little time wasted. But, yeah. 2019 would not have been the right year to do that. That would have been a bad no, ending. No. That was a good decision. Yeah. To, yeah. That kind um, of, that was, that made it easy. Right. It probably did. Um, and then I, I thought, I think it's really funny the way you found your publisher too. Can you yeah, tell our, our listeners how that happened? It's, um, you know, it's one of those things where I had heard of KCI Sports Publishing. I've gotten a couple books from them. Uh, they've published a number of books that are UW-related. I think a Barry Alvarez book. Mm -hmm. um, in fact, Jim Polzine did a book through them mm -hmm. on Badgers by the Numbers, you know, several years ago. So I'd, I'd heard of them and knew they were out there. And I talked to Tom Hodricourt from the Brewers, and he'd done a couple of books with them and gave me the publisher's name, Peter Clark. And uh, some UW people had said, here's Peter Clark's the guy to talk to. 
and I said, there are a few other places out there, but they were farther away. This is Casey uh, Eisen Stevens Point. I said, well, yeah, that seemed like a logical place, but I was reluctant to contact them because if he said no, then I didn't know where I'd go. Right. I said, well, I'd, that'd just kill it. So I'm probably on chapter two, just procrastinating on reaching out. But that was the hardest part for me from the start was the publishing thing was just foreign to me. I had no idea how to go about it. And I didn't want to jump through a bunch of hoops that sometimes they make you do. So one day I just emailed Peter Clark and I said, well, maybe I'll hear back in a week or so. And I sent him four or five paragraphs and told him what I was doing. And five minutes later, he emailed me back. And five minutes after that, we're on the phone. And um, he was really excited about the possibility and we got going and I, um, we just in conversation and, and said, yeah, I used to live up there for five years and uh, work there and my first real full-time job. And he mentioned a guy's name. I said, yeah, I remember him. He played for Spash. And I said, yeah, his backcourt was a guard and long, Tom Clark was on that team. So, well, Tom's my brother. And then he says, well, I got a, a scrapbook here that my mother had kept from stories you did back in, this is being the 70s, mm -hmm. that were about his brother, uh, who's now a scout, I believe, for the Mets out on the East Coast. Um, and I said, well, wow, that's crazy. And some of his best buddies played on a little league team I coached. Uh, it was just the oddest things that you wouldn't expect that kind of connections. And um, I said, all right, so this that, that took care of that big concern out of, just took that off the equation. Yeah. yeah. And by the way, I'm going to go off track here for just a second because you mentioned the scrapbook and it made me think like just the future of scrapbooks, right? Because everybody has those newspaper clippings and they obviously, obviously still make newspapers. I get it. So you can still do that. But Sometimes they're a little harder to come by, right? Like, yeah, you might have to subscribe. Internet yeah. articles or something right. like that for their people. People forget about that now. Um, it's we're such a temporary society. It's like people used to have photo albums and you could look at things, and well, now you show somebody your phone. Mm -hmm. um, it's just different, and um, I think. That's one of the things that'll be missed in society as we go along here. There's other advantages to all the instant information, but you lose some of the permanence. Yeah, exactly. It's not the same. Like I have a, a scrapbook from my um, from my uncle who passed away last year, and uh, my grandmother had kept all these articles from the '50s. He was part of a small town basketball team in Minnesota that made it to the tournament, smallest you know, population ever of a, of a city to make it. And uh, it's all there. Articles by Sid Hartman from the 1950s. Oh, wow. you know? So yeah. And, and those things, like if you just keep it on your phone, you're like here, and then the URL will get like deleted someday and right. it won't be there anymore. So yep. yeah, the permanence of it is, is lost. Um, all right. So what was the most difficult? What was the least difficult part of writing this book? Uh, most difficult. One of the things that the challenges was to find a way to tell a, com a story in a compelling way that I've been telling in real time yeah. while it was happening. 
And now I got to go back and retell it and say, well, how do I make this more interesting or more it's compelling? Yeah. And that's where the whole uh, format of the book, it's like the first third or so of the book is Kelly Sheffield's story. It, it, it's like taking a bigger picture look at how a program evolves to get to a championship level. And, you know, he, he can't, you know, it's his path, which was a really unlikely path from someone who never played the game, got in kind of accidentally into coaching and then just got hooked on it. And, you know, one of my favorite parts was talking to Denise Vandewally, who was the coach at Bowling Green at the time. And Kelly was 27 or so, just living the good life, yeah. coaching club volleyball, going to some camps and clinics and working, um, tending bar. And Denise was a coach. She was also from Muncie, Indiana, like Kelly had come through the Muncieana program just a generation ahead of him. And it really liked him and thought he did a great job at, at camps. And finally, one day, she, he just, she pulled him aside and said, Kelly, what are you doing with your life? And do you ever think about coaching college? And he said, uh, no, <laughs> no. And she helped him get his first job. And just those kinds of stories, the, the little things that happen in life, if, and she even said it, you know, if I kept my mouth shut, does all this happen? Maybe the next week he finds himself a, a way to get into college coaching, but maybe not. Who knows? And everybody in their life has those things, those kind of things that come along. Somebody hires you when they could have hired somebody else. Well, it changes your life. And in this case, that's got, got Kelly on the path. And uh, so that, that was uh, drifted from the question here, but uh, the answer to try and make it compelling was to do it uh, a big picture way. And then we go into um, how he got the job at Wisconsin mm -hmm. and that process, which went into more detail of that at one point. Um, he didn't think it was going to happen. Um, he, the three finalists all knew each other and were talking. One of them was his best buddy, uh, the, the coach at Kentucky, Craig Skinner. Um, and they had been Kelly's second year of coaching at, at, in Muncie. Uh, he and Craig Skinner were the JV high school coaches at Burris High School. And then uh, here they were two of the finalists at Wisconsin. And then both yeah. of them didn't think that Wisconsin was really fully 100% into competing for national titles yet. And there, were, there was some reluctance. And then they came through and the conversation with Alvarez that told him, let's go. Let's go after Nebraska and Penn State. Mm -hmm. So it was looking at that. And then there's full chapters on the first spring at Wisconsin, trying to say, here's how we're going to do things. This is the way it's going to be. And uh, the adjustments some players had to make, and uh, mostly for the good. They were ready for it. Um, one player left the program. Um, 
everybody else was like ready to go and and then you set that but then there's nine years of coming close was it eight years you know right to the doorstep a few times and not quite getting there which kind of shows how hard it is to to win a title it's it's not easy especially if you haven't done it before it doesn't happen very often usually the winners were those who've done it yeah the first half of the book basically is kelly's journey like you're talking about right there and and coming in and shaking up programs like he did at albany and pretty much the entire roster said, no, thank you. Um, so it's really, it was really fun read to, to learn about his kind of path to Wisconsin. So, um, you, you know, you mentioned that door that got open for him, like, what are you doing with your life? Um, what is, was that the most interesting part about Kelly's journey that you discovered or what did you find most interesting about his path? I, to Wisconsin? I love the Albany part. Okay. Because he goes there. He'd just gotten fired as an assistant at Clemson. Um, so he's a fired assistant coach at a, a mediocre program. And looking around, he's he's living in the closet of a coaching friend in Philadelphia. And then he applies for this job at Albany right before the season started. And it's a program that had just moved from division two to division one was terrible. He thought it was maybe the worst program in the country, terrible facilities. He and his dad are in there painting the locker room. Um, uh, he's setting up the, the nets before practice and before game matches. Um, just very rudimentary program. The kids were not committed. Most of them had come either to a D3 or a D2 program when they when they committed. So their commitment was less than you would get. You get a, they had like five scholarships, I think, instead of 12. So you have a lot of walk-on types. And it was a challenge. And they, they went, I think went four and 24, was it, the first year? only losing season he had as a head coach. Uh, 14 of the 17 players quit after the first year. So he goes to spring practice with three players. And he said, yeah, a lot of one-on-one drills. <laughs> and, uh, you know, just to realize that that following year, they had a winning record and talked to two of, well, one of the freshmen, there were three people who stayed, two of them were freshmen. And I talked to one of those and her senior year, her last home match, was in the conference tournament. They won to earn a berth in the national tournament, the NCAA tournament. First time an Albany team in any sport had gone to an NCAA tournament and first conference championship for an Albany sport, any sport. Mm-hmm. So to, you start out as a freshman and a, just a disastrous team. Kelly, he'll admit he was learning how to coach and how to do things how to run a program and probably made mistakes, but um, it was a real tough situation. So I, that whole progress from rock bottom up to uh, a, an un, unexpected level of success, yeah. I, I found that was the most interesting or one of the most interesting parts of the doing the book for me. Cause I, I knew he'd coached at Albany and I knew a little bit, but, talking to some of the people there. I talked to the guy who hired him, mm-hmm. uh, who's now at RPI, uh, and he's a, a athletic director there, and he's built programs, and he used to be a football player at UCLA. So just 
and he just kind of gave a program to Kelly. I said, you do it. You aren't going to get much support. You aren't getting much money. Um, but you show success, you'll get more support. And uh, that he followed through on that. Then the book goes through the years when Kelly gets to Wisconsin too. So it's kind of like that journey. And then Wisconsin, you talk about that conversation with Barry Alvarez. And then it kind of goes from 2013 to, to 2021. And I think it really puts into perspective, Dennis, that, and, 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 you know, it talks about the history of the program as well. So it kind of puts into perspective that 2021 didn't just happen because, well, it did because you had Dana and Hilly and everything. It wasn't just a one-year thing. I guess my point is it's, yeah. it's a, it's 2013 to 2021 and it's, it's building the program before that. And I kind of, you know, I thought it put it into perspective that this national championship has been brewing at Wisconsin for a long time. Yeah, there goes back and it, you know, it was a, a long process. Steve Lowe, you know, there's some tragedy there. He really got the program started on, on a successful path. And then uh, he has this cancer and dies suddenly. And um, then John Cook comes in and, and he's building it up to a level, but then he goes to Nebraska Pete Waite comes in and with his players that Cook brought in, and but by his, his second year, they go to the championship against John Cook's team, and they're right in the final and it's a five-set match, and it's like you're that close to having that breakthrough back then. And uh, they had some really good years under Pete. And then there it's it was going downhill. It was there was a downslide late. Uh, his last five years without getting in the tournament. And their Wisconsin was kind of not terrible, but not great either, not good. Uh, kind of a bottom half of the Big Ten program. And it's hard to get out of that in the Big Ten. And um, that was one of the big educations I had. I came into volleyball not knowing any more than Kelly did when he got into coaching. <laughs> yeah. And I was like – it, it was eye-opening for me to realize how good the Big Ten is in that sport and how, especially when you get the two new schools, newish schools that came in, where Penn State and Nebraska were two giants that made it even harder. So if you're not among the top, how do you get over programs that are more established and aren't getting worse? And it's really hard for a, a middle to lower end Big Ten program to to get into that top tier. You don't see much turnover from year to year because nobody gets worse. Mm -hmm. And uh, so there's that process and you see that they were close. And, and from that first year playing for a national title, um, which is was crazy to even think that that could happen. That first year was a, a mir as miraculous as any year ever. And we were both on that ride and it was as fun a year to be around that program as any. And then the, just the, but then it's the sustained success over those next eight years and sometimes frustration. But I think out of all those years, there was maybe one year where you couldn't conceive them being a final four team. I think that was the transition after uh, Lauren Carlini graduated and they lost uh, in the Sweet 16 to Stanford. Mm -hmm. It was like the one year I said, well, they weren't going to go any farther than that. But almost every other year, you could say, yeah, they could be a Final Four team. 
and they weren't you know they had a lot of close calls and a lot of fluky things that happened injuries um, playing a big part um, but it just shows how many things can get in the way and uh, so that that it was good to go back through all that and put it in context. And I tried to do, there's a chapter on what the Wisconsin way is. Um, everything from the disc program to their championship manual, what's in there. That The very first meeting that they ever have was going over a championship manual. So, well, does everybody have a championship manual? I don't know. Um, but how did that he got, didn't Kelly kind of get that sense? Correct me if I'm wrong, but um, from the former Minnesota coach, like what's your, he asked him like, what's your plan, Mike Hebert? Yeah, Mike, and, and Kelly said, well, he had showed him uh, basically a playbook. Yes, yeah. And said, well, here's our plan. But, but what's, who are you? Yeah. What do you stand for? What's your program about? And I think Kelly had some thoughts, but hadn't, organized it that way i think he had a lot of those things he didn't just start making up those things but it was just getting it down on paper and it, it's part of the program that uh, from that very first meeting and it's the first meeting every year they go through the championship manual and, and every player gets up in front and reads a section of it and uh, you you still better stand up straight and speak up clearly and that first year when players would slouch and kind of trail off and mumble and start over um, and it was a, a new it was a big change for them an awakening of what the expectations were going to be so that those kinds of things that go in we go to mindfulness which was added sort of more recently in the program and maybe they wish they had started sooner on it yeah. Um, and, and how that actually plays out with people like uh, Grace Loberg at key point in that championship match is is using her mindfulness training after uh, getting aced and, mm -hmm. and she comes back and, and somebody who used to get all stressed out when things didn't go her way found a way to center herself and come through and make a big play that uh, really turned the match around. Um, so that was kind of fun stuff to get into. And then we go through the 2021 season. I, I think one of the biggest challenges also besides that was, if you read it, the first chapter is the championship point. And that was always the initiative. That was where I was going to start as I was driving home from Columbus. That's what ran through my head was the first chapter. If I wrote a book would be breaking down that last point. Yeah. But then when I'm the last chapter I'm writing is the Nebraska match. I'm saying, well, how do I end this when I've already ended it at the start of the book? Yeah. And I didn't know how I was going to do that. And I just kept writing and I'm watching the, I have the right next to me, here's the TV. And I have that, I'm, I'm replaying the match point by point and I stop and I'm writing and then I'm watching again and matching up what Kelly had said. Mm -hmm. um, and I said, well, how am I gonna finish this? And that was, 
I just kept writing. Then I got in the fifth set somewhere in there. I take a break and I'm walking around and it just hits me and I know how it's ending. And it felt really good to, to get that. And I think it, it kind of comes full circle. Yeah. So, yeah. Now I want to take you back to 2013 because when I was reading the book and I kind of got even more of a sense, just how good the 2013 team was and just how close the 2013 team was. Obviously I was there and I know what happened in that fourth set against Penn state, but even Penn state reading that book was a, a little worried about getting to, an, to a fifth set against Wisconsin. And yeah, the 2013, yeah. this book could have been written eight years ago. <laughs> yeah. I would really have been over my head. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah. It's, and I talked a lot to Anne Marie Hickey and, and she had popped her shoulder out. Yeah. This is just one of the fluky things that happened. And then her turn to serve comes up and she can't hit it over the net, but she didn't, wasn't going to come out of that match. Uh, you know, she was the heart and soul of that team her and Lauren. Um, but then it's, of course, it's uh, Micah Hancock's turn to serve and boom, boom, boom. Uh, that's the fourth set they lose. And if they had finished off the, that fourth set, um, at least some players had told Ann that they said, oh, we lose that fourth set, we're losing the fifth too. Um, so it could have happened there. And, you know, I think we both always thought that the the following, was it the following year? The year they lost when Lauren stepped on yeah. Ali Franti's uh, foot that that was their best team and their best chance to win it all. Um, so really close in a lot of different years. And, uh, and, and it's, I think people, years kind of run by on all of us. And uh, it's sometimes it's good to go back and look at the things yeah. that even if it's a recent history. So the book's out there, 23 bucks. You can get it at Bucky's Locker Room. You can buy it online as well. And Dennis, you will have a book signing event, right? Coming up, can you tell yeah, us a little bit about this? That's my first ever. Yeah. I don't, I don't know how these things work. Um, my wife was asking me last night, and I said, I don't know. We'll find out when we get there. <laughs> um, but it's uh, at UW Bookstore on State Street on campus. Uh, Kelly will be there, Dana Retke, and... Not on the promo, but Sydney Hilly is also coming. She's just oh, okay. freshly back from uh, Puerto Rico, and I was texting her the other night, and she's available and is coming down too. You, they'll be signing volleyballs along with books, and five thirty to seven. Um, yeah, so if you're watching on Spotify, uh, it is at University Bookstore, like he said, Seven Eleven State Street in Madison, five thirty to seven. On July 28th with Kelly, Dennis, Dana, and now we know Sydney Hilly will be there signing oh, that's copies a, that's as a scoop. well. Yeah, yeah, I got the scoop. Um, have you heard from anyone who's read the book? No, <laughs> not, not really. The first? Um, you're the only one I know from outside who's read it. So I, I'm okay. curious as anything, anybody else uh, or is anything is what people get out of it. Um, it always it makes you wonder because you do stuff. It's like writing a story in a newspaper and you don't see if anybody reads it and thinks it was terrible or, or what, and it's just different, it, you know, magnified mm -hmm. by a book. So I'm just, I'm 
curious what strikes people and what doesn't and what they found interesting or what they didn't know because a lot of these a lot of badger fans know a lot of mm-hmm. things about the program many of them know more than i do uh especially historically my like i say i relative uh newcomer to uh covering the sport and uh, my knowledge of the early years was pretty vague mm-hmm. um so i always curious what what strikes people i don't know what struck you when you were reading it because you know as much as i do about this program well i learned a lot honestly i did and i well number one i knew how it was going to end i knew they were going to win so <laughs> the ending was kind of ruined for me already um yeah, there's a spoiler there oh <laughs> spoiler alert no but i um you know you know about kelly's career and you know the places he's been and the success that he's had but the stories about how he got there we're way more in depth than I've ever heard, you know, just about, you know, just like you said, just opening that first coaching door for him, you know, and what he was doing up to that point and the different stops. And, you know, I've talked with Kelly about some of those different stops before, you know, on the road before an interview or whatever. And then uh, for, for Badger volleyball fans, the, the in-depth kind of breakdown of the last eight to nine years of, of what went into a season and kind of some of the behind the scenes that me, maybe either you forgot about or you didn't even know. So there's a lot of fresh information in there on stories that we kind of know the, the the outline of that you kind of took us in a little bit deeper. Yeah, that was that was my goal, and I hope people gained something, some more insights from that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So the question now is, Dennis, would you write another book? No, that's it. No. One and done. No, it, was a, it was a good experience. I, I'm in the end. I'm I'm happy. You know, a little pressure down the end. I know. I was, I was writing about a chapter every two days the last okay. week or two. You know, I was I was cranking. I was yeah. About the last half of the book was written in two weeks, and uh, the last three, yeah, last probably the last four or five chapters were written in the last few days. So yeah, right over um, Memorial Weekend, I was sitting here typing and and stressing a little bit. But no, but I, one because because you because you had been talking like your family had always talked about like writing a book, right? And you'd always said my, no. My parents always said, "Oh, you should write a book." And I said, "I don't know what I'd write one about." Yeah, and you know, I don't know anything that I'd really uh, would grab me to want to do one. I didn't. I knew I wasn't a novelist. I wish I was, but I, I envy those people who can, but that's not me. Um, so I just didn't think I'd ever want to. I, it was a world that I just wasn't familiar. I'm used to newspaper story length. That's, that's right. I, I'm a chapter guy. And uh, I like to read books, but I never thought I would write one. And now I don't know what else I would write one about. And you know, in newspapers, you work with a lot of people who always are going to write a book, and quite a few of my friends have, and I'm always impressed with what they do. Mm-hmm. But I was never that person who said, I can't wait to write a book. I was like, eh, I don't think so. So hmm. I surprised myself. Yeah. Well, that's I, well, you did it. You wrote a book and one and done, and uh, it's called Point Wisconsin: The Road to a National Title for Kelly Sheffield and the Wisconsin Badgers. And we've got that book signing coming up 
on July 28th from 5.30 to 7, 7-Eleven State Street at the University Bookstore. Kelly's going to be there. Dennis will be there signing copies of his book. Uh, Dana Redke and Sydney Hilly will also be there uh, from 5.30 to 7 on the 20th. What day is it? I was out of town. That's on That's Thursday. 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 Yep. Okay. There may be another one in Milwaukee or in Brookfield the, the following okay. week, but I don't think that's been locked down yet. But there's okay. another UW bookstore there. Yeah, okay. So if you are in the Milwaukee area, just uh, check out at Dennis Punzel. That's D-E-N-N-I-S-P-U-N-Z-L on Twitter. Uh, I'll retweet it too if I see it come across my timeline, Dennis, if another book signing. Um, well, congratulations on the book. I read it and... At, at, <laughs> I don't remember the last time I read a book, as dumb as that sounds. I, audiobooks, you know, yeah. I'm more, my attention span, I have to, I have to have someone read to me like I'm a child. Mm -hmm. um, but this one I actually read. So oh, that's good. So yeah. that's, it, it helps you. I, I, since COVID, I've been keeping a log every time I read a book and I'm, uh -huh. uh, the COVID year was my best. I got through 53 books that year and wow. uh, Last year, I think, was 41, and this year, I'm, I'm still in the 20s. I probably get about 30. I slowed down, but I, I was distracted for yes. a good chunk of the year. It helps you? How does it help you? In what ways do you? Uh, mostly, it just gives me a break. Yeah. yeah that's what I do. It's, you know, if it, I'm either stressing about my fantasy teams or <laughs> the weather, and... So now I, I I can just go sit on the deck and read a book and life is good. Yeah, I did that. I sat on the deck uh, at night and I I read the book until the mosquitoes got too bad. And then I was like, I gotta go back inside. But it yeah. was nice, a nice cool evening with the book. It's a nice deal. Yeah, when we're done, I'm I'm going out on the deck and reading the John Sanford. So Okay. One of my well, favorite authors. All right. Well, enjoy your time. And uh once again, congratulations on writing your one and only book. And um, who knows? Maybe that changes. You never know. Yeah, you never know. You never know. I, I mean, I'm, I've got, I've had, like, I've had like two relatives write books just about their lives, yeah. you know, and just kind of like, hey, this here, here I am. And then the, there's the book. And I thought that's a, that's kind of a fun way. Like, I think that's something maybe I would do perhaps if I get the opportunity. Yeah. You know, even if it's just for your, your daughter to read. Exactly. Um, because I, I was just, we we're in the car with my daughter's 31 now, and we're, we're talking about something. My first job, did I ever tell you this story? And she says, no. And it's like, well, there's stuff your kids just don't know. Yeah. And um, that maybe they'd find interesting. And yeah. I know I wish I'd asked my parents some more questions about certain things that you just don't think to ask about. And later in life, you wish now that you had asked um, mm -hmm. because now you can't right yeah so i i mean i listen i don't think i'll ever write a book but if i did that'd be the kind of book i would probably write probably and then i probably forget all the stories and then i'd publish it and or print it or whatever i don't think i'd publish it whatever and then i'd yeah. be like oh i forgot that one <laughs> well and i and i'm not a i don't journal and no. and yet i would think it'd be really good thing for people to do because you look back, especially when you're trying to remember stuff that happened 30, 40 years ago, and you say, eh, I have a vague recollection, but what year was that? And where did we go? And you lose it. And I, I wish now that I had kept a better record of certain things, even just to be able to keep your story straight. Exactly. Even like this past weekend, I was visiting my parents and my sister had said something like, remember when we used to do that? And I was like, 
no. And then she said it again. I'm like, wait, yes, I do remember. And I, that would not, that would have escaped the book because I didn't have it written down. I didn't, I'm like, oh my gosh, we did used to do that as kids. Yeah. Well, yeah. We, we were just out in California and I have a brother and a sister out there and we get into some of those conversations when you don't see people on a regular basis and you start going over childhood stories and we all have different recollections of things and, <laughs> yep. um, and yet there are common things that somebody would bring something up and say, Oh yeah, I remember that. Uh -huh. And, um, yeah, it's, we all have those and, um, maybe we should all tell our own stories. Yeah. Yeah. Get it out, get it out on paper and then a physical copy, not this yeah. online stuff that the URL gets deleted in five years and then everything's gone and you're done. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Dennis. Um, I'll, I'll try to stop out. I'm not sure what I'm doing on Thursday. Maybe I can come out and uh, get my copy signed. Yeah, well, that'd be awesome. We'd welcome you. Uh, hopefully, <laughs> there'll be some people there. Um, I've had people tell me they're coming, so we'll see if they're. I have no idea. I, I, I imagine uh, Dana and Sid might draw a few people. Yeah, I think I think so. Get yeah. a couple tweets on that, and I think some people might show up. Um, all right, Dennis. Well, take care, and I'll see you on Thursday, hopefully. All right, and pretty soon we'll see a lot of each other. Yes, the season yeah. is going to start. It, it's here. I'm just it's kind of getting prepared. I should probably start my uh, my boards for this season. Yeah, yeah, I'm starting. It's going to be weird because every year, sorry, every year I I use the same file and I just rename it and save it, so the old one is actually saved. But anyway, the point is I use the same thing. I go in and I edit it and so now i'm gonna to have to go in there and i'm gonna to have to delete sydney hilly i know i'm gonna to have to delete dana redkey that's it's, gonna be weird it's hard it's also it, it's invigorating there's new people with new stories to tell uh-huh um it's it's kind of like being a teacher you're the you feel like hmm. the kids are always the same they're always the same age they just change names Mm -hmm. as as they cycle through and you're the one who gets older and um and yet yeah you, you miss the ones who go i i one of my favorite parts of this whole thing was talking with lauren carlini who was always one of my favorite people mm -hmm. and i think a lot of people don't get her right from the start she's one of the reasons i really connected in volleyball because i think we had a a certain connection and people think she's real serious and she's a, she's funny and she i think we were on the same wavelength on yeah. humor and um so i had a nice conversation with her during this yeah doing the awesome. book and talking about stuff and but all these kids if you say who's your favorites and all that I said, well i got about 80 of them i you know there's the favorites are the ones you get to know the most and we the ones who Play the biggest roles are the ones you get to know more than others and i haven't met a kid on this in this program that i didn't like mm -hmm. no and, all, all fantastic i mean i just i talked to a, a couple of my favorites the last couple of podcasts with lauren barnes and mallory dixon who's now at madison college and yeah yeah well, and you get a story with each one of those you know we were just talking um mallory's mom coached my niece in volleyball in manitowoc and her dad coached my nephew in football wow and uh you have these ties um my sister's doing flowers for mallory's uh reception really uh, 
Yeah. You know, there's, there's all these kinds of things. And Barnes, you know, is just somebody who we saw her kind of come out of her shell over the years. She was not a real um, talkative interview subject early on. And then she just became really good and insightful. And it was a really nice person. I think the world of her too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's 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 part of the fun of all of this is just getting to know these people, and that's that's the coaching staff, everybody in that program that you you work around. There, everybody's helpful, and uh, it makes it a good experience. Absolutely, absolutely. All right, July twenty eighth, book signing. Go check it out. Go buy a copy. Go read it. Um, and uh, it's Point Wisconsin: The Road to a National Title for Kelly Sheffield and the Wisconsin Badgers. All right, Dennis, I will talk to you pretty soon as the season gets underway. Thank you. Yeah. Take care. All right, there you go. That is uh, Dennis Punzel, Badgers beat writer for the Wisconsin State Journal and the author of the new book about the Badger Volleyball National Championship. Really just a history of Kelly Sheffield and the program as well. Go check it out, 23 bucks. Um, like to thank Ian's Pizza for sponsoring this podcast. The new promotion coming out soon. Check out Ian's Pizza in the three locations in Milwaukee and the three locations in Madison and go have yourself a slice of pizza because they always got like a different type of slice and they got the old favorites as well. It's just a, a different twist on pizza. If you don't know about Ian's Pizza, I don't know why, why, what's wrong with you. Um, me and Julio also back on as well. Maybe you'll see Dennis out there. Maybe you'll see me out there. I go out there with my daughter every once in a while. We go and enjoy a nice meal at me and Julio. That's uh, uh, off Fish Hatchery Road in Fitchburg. And check out johncastpodcast.com. Just sign up for the newsletter. and I'll tell you all about the cool stuff happening with the podcast, johncastpodcast.com. All right. Thanks to Dennis for this episode. Thank you for listening to this episode of the John Cast Podcast. Goodbye.